Hello guys, and thank you for listening or watching another episode of Live Free Podcast, where I talk about living a life of freedom, rest, and expansion in Christ Jesus. I have a quick word of the Lord, but a urgent clarion call. This one is called the clarion call. God has a clarion call that he has put in my spirit. This is a um, a sounding, sounding the alarm, a blowing the trumpet, a clarion call for his people. And this is an urgency. I believe that we are literally about to see some things speed up. Things happen at breakneck speeds. On one end, it's going to be great for God's people. But on the other end, there are people and there are souls that are hanging in the balance that God is saying, daughter, make an urgent clarion call. So that's what I'm doing today. I'm making a clarion call. And before we get into this clarion call, let's talk about, let's, what, let's see how God defines this. Because this is a serious urgency for the body of Christ and for the people that the people that are hanging in the balance, the people that are lukewarm, the people that are compromising the truth, the gospel, that say they have Jesus, but their lifestyle does not reflect or even line up with it. God is saying, sound the alarm. Sound the alarm as a watchman on the wall. And that's what I'm doing today. Because the Bible says that the blood will be on my hands if I do not speak what God is saying. Not to mention God and all his mercy is, is what this is all about. Because see, God don't have to say anything to us. He don't have to utter a word. He can just let us walk into whatever we're walking into. But because of the love and because of the blood of Jesus and the love that God has for us that he's shown us on the cross... He is showing us that he is screaming from the top of his lungs. I truly believe this spiritually. So a clarion call is a strong request for something to happen. To turn the, this is what God is doing this. He's doing this to turn their faces and hearts and minds to him and to seek him. The Bible says that if we seek him with our whole heart, we will find him. But God wants to sound the clarion. And, and back in the day, the clarion was considered like a musical instrument with a sharp, shrill sound. It has a shrill sound. Okay. And what God wants us or me to pass on will sound shrill in the ears of people because some don't want to hear this. If the message, if the message is rejected, it's between you, the person that's listening, and the Lord, as I am only the messenger, God says. So this in the ears of some people will sound shrill. It was it was not it don't feel good. Or it's a high pitch, you know, in the spirit realm. But God says it's an urgency in the spirit to move and act fast. I'm gonna say that again. God says there's an urgency and the spirit for you to move and act fast. Now, when I first got this word, I was thinking about just making a video for my family. But then God is saying, no, make it for the body of Christ as well. So I'm making a clarion call, an urgency in the spirit to move and act fast. The word shrill means high pitched and piercing. Some 
the same sound is what he told me to tell you is what I heard. And then he confirmed it with this, this uh, uh, vision that I had. I had a vision. And so on 2-2-24 at a, uh, about six o'clock in the morning, I was in and out of sleep, in and out of sleep. I would wake up and then say, okay, I'm going to sleep five more minutes. Okay, I'm going to sleep five more minutes. You know how we do. So as I dozed off just a little bit, I had a quick vision. And in that vision, I heard, I heard and I saw. I heard a shrill, like, like in my ear was loud. And then I was like, in the vision, I was like, what was that? And then in the vision, I saw myself laying in the bed and an angel of the Lord did me like this, shook me, like shook me. And I was like, okay, Lord. And so I got up. And I got my notebook and I began to write this stuff down. So there was a shrill sound. And then after the shrill sound came the, the shaking. So God said, sound the alarm, warn my people. He allowed me to hear what this sounds like in the spirit realm. So I felt an angel like the angel was. And when I got up, I was actually laughing. I said, Lord, you're so amazing. How do you do this? <laughs> How do you... Um, make um, get it to where I can hear the sound and actually feel the movement of my body moving to be waking up. So that's just me. I was laughing. So I knew it was. I knew it was serious. It was pretty serious. So let me just begin to give you the rhema word that God gave me for this clarion call, because this is a season that we're getting ready to go into, guys. That I think it is paramount that we walk with the Lord. And if we are a backslidden or if we are like on the fence of, we don't know what to believe. We don't know who to believe. We don't know what to do. I This is an urgency for salvation for souls. Oh, come on. So this is what the Lord was saying to me. He said, daughter, this is a year of a clarion call for my people. He said, God is calling the people back unto himself. He said he's calling the sinners to repentance. He's calling the idolaters. He's calling the backsliders. He's calling the spiritually blind and deaf. He is calling the shameful, the prideful. He is calling the unrepentant leaders and spiritual and secular leaders as well. And he's calling the past, the uh, he's calling the pastors. He's calling the presidents. He's calling parliament. He's calling the prime ministers and the like, he said. He's making a clarion call for those who are wayward and even the ones that have gone rogue. He says, and even the ones that are grotesque. No matter how far you have gone, God is still wanting you back until himself. Jesus has paid it all, no matter what your situation, no matter what your heart uh, condition is, he says, or your circumstance. He says, no matter where you find yourself, he said, Jesus has paid it all. He says, he, he says, come back, repent, turn to him with godly sorrow, with the heart that seeks him. The Bible says, when you search for me and seek for me, you will find me when you search for me with your whole heart. He says he is standing, he is waiting to receive you with open arms. God loves you so much. He died for you. He died a brutal death for you. 
The only payment was the cross. It had to be death to pay for our sins. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. He says he he's waiting with open arms to receive you. He said, even as a father receives his daughter or his earthly son, he said with unexplainable agape love to heal you, to nurture you and deliver you and rescue you from your oppressors. He said, and all the things that seem impossible or un and all the things, that, even if you seem unlovable, he said to other people, he said, he still wants you. No matter what it is, he's ready to receive you. The Bible says the angels of the Lord rejoice in heaven when the sinner repents. So if one sinner repents in heaven, the Bible says the angels of the Lord rejoice in heaven. This is a big deal to God, which means that even if this message only touched one person, that's who it was for. So heaven is waiting, but most importantly, Jesus died for it. And the eternal gift is free. And this is why God won't let people go around Jesus, because that was a brutal death, a horrible, tragic, brutal death that our Savior didn't have, did not have to experience. But because of the love of the Father and the love that he has for us, Jesus did it. He stepped out of eternity into time just to show how much he loves us. This is why if you don't receive God, this is why it's still God will you it's just not going to happen you're going to be eternally separated because God said at the end of the day this was a free gift that you chose not to take so God's grace your life is not your own he says he said it's his grace that rests upon you that enable you to live for him he said it's not about good works or a perfect life that's not what this is about nobody can live for god unless god grace it rest upon them and 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 enable them to do that nobody i don't care how holy somebody may look or seem we are flawed we are we are sinful people we have fallen from grace, but by the grace of God, he has received us by the blood because it was a free gift. And if you don't receive it, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. It's just that simple. And then it says it's not by work, good works or, or a perfect living. The goodness of God, he says, is what leads people to repentance with godly sorrow. He wants you back repenting that means to change the way you think that means to turn away from the world the bible says if you are a friend of the world you are an enemy with god if you look smell and act like the world then you are the world i don't care how you think you saved the bible says you will know a tree by its fruit and i'm going somewhere with this so because the bible says you will know a tree by its fruit then that means that what is the fruit of god's spirit <clears throat> if it doesn't have God's fruit, it's not God. I don't care who, what, who's saying it and what it looked like. I don't care how many scriptures somebody know. If that lifestyle is not in alignment with the kingdom of God and with that word, it's not God. I don't care what happened. If you received him 10 years ago, but your lifestyle does not align, you need to repent and rededicate your life to God and turn from this. I truly believe we are in a season where things are getting ready to break loose on a level we have not seen this year. And that if you're not in him, it's gonna be detrimental to your spiritual and your physical life. So let's talk about it. He gave me the scriptures, Isaiah 55, 
six through seven. And it, and it says something like this. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, he will abundantly pardon. So God is saying, seek him while he can be found. For you do not know if your life will be required of you tomorrow. We don't know the day or time where our card is going to be pulled. We don't know. We, every, we, we just, we don't know. So we don't want to take the grace of God for granted. So God is saying, seek him while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. You don't know if this is your last invitation that God may ask you for the last time. That's another thing. Just because you don't, won't die tomorrow, it doesn't mean that you'll receive another invitation. For the Bible says today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. So the, then he begins to take me to Galatians 5. Because see, for some people, they think that, oh, it don't take all of that. Oh, God, ain't, God is gracious. He's merciful. God is a loving God. And while he is all those things, the Bible says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word stands forever. So God can love you and you can be loved and still go to hell. Let me read it. Like he says it like this in Galatians 5, uh, verse 16. This is what God is saying. I say then, walk in the spirit for all the people that believe once saved, always saved. This is for you. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And you can correlate that with Romans 6 and 12 as well. But I'm going to keep going in Galatians 5. For the flesh lusts against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are, um, he begins to name these things. God, When God says something, it's for a reason. Because he created us. He knows how we think. Oh, I if I just repent for that. How, how many times have you heard people say that? If I just repent for that. Well, how do you know he'll accept it? You don't know when is your last invitation. So that's why we can't lean on grace like that. Yes, grace is there. It's a God's unmerited favor. That means we don't deserve it. But grace also means that he empowers us to live for him. But he needs a yes to do that. Was sin abound, grace abound that much more. That means even though we live in a world of sin, God's empowerment, which is his grace, it should rest on us that we're able to live for him. But because you have a free will, you can choose not to do that. So let's go back to uh, Galatians 5. He said, he, these are the works of the flesh. He says, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, Sorcery, hatred, covetedness, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, rivalries, and the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the time past. That those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You better hear God. Because 
A lot of times people say once saved, always saved. But this Bible is specifically pointing out the things of the flesh. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. And you better understand God's play on words. Because I spoke about this before. It's a difference in when you inherit the kingdom of God and when you enter the kingdom of God. Those are two different things. Pay attention to what God is saying. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you a revelation of what the, the words in, in the Bible is really saying. Because sometimes we'll read over things and we will not even pay attention to what God is really saying. So before you read the word, pray and ask God to open your eyes that they may see the gospel. Because I'm here to tell you that sin blinds you to truth. If you are in sin, Satan is the God of the world and that is your father. I'm going to say it like this and he blind and you are blinded to sin. It's only when we accept what Jesus Christ did that, I, that our eyes begin to open and begin to live for him wholeheartedly. So in time, so God says it like this. I tell you beforehand, those that have practiced such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So this is for the people that are once saved, always saved people. We're not saying we won't sin. That means to miss the mark. But the, but the operative word is practicing sin. That means an ongoing thing. That means premeditated. Oh, I know I'm going to get high tomorrow. Oh, I know I'm about to give me something to drink. Oh, I know I'm about to fornicate. I know I'm about to be in homosexuality. I know I'm about to like, cuss this person out. Oh, I'm about to get this person put together. Oh, I'm about to do this. Oh, I don't play that. You know, all of that stuff. That stuff that we do that look like the world. That we say we saved. Okay, so then he began, began to say, but the fruit of the spirit is, this is what he's telling you what you should look like, meaning you should be transformed into the image of Christ. Now, once you get saved, it doesn't happen all at once, but God tests the heart that searches the mind, searches the heart and he tests the mind. So it's all about your motive and your intentions, what you intended to really do. So he said, but the fruit of the spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, long suffering with people. Okay. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. He said against such, there is no law. And those who are, in, here it is, here's your answer. And those who are Christ has crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So the, the Bible says, those who are in Christ has crucified the, crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So that's how you know who belongs to God and who is not with God. God says, if you are in me and I am in you, Ask anything you will, and it shall be done. Most people read that scripture like, Lord, you said, ask anything and it shall be done. That's not what it says. And then most people will say, I do love God. The Bible says, if you love me, you keep my commandments. See, there's always an if and a then. There's always a, a prerequisite. A lot of people just think it means go to the altar and confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and be washed by the blood. That's part of it. But you have not been transformed. You have still not entered or inherited the kingdom of God. Because my Bible says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, 
then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. It's always an if and a then. And we think it's just the Old Testament. God is, his word never changes. The New Testament is what I'm reading in Galatians 5, where he talks about all of the, lust, the, the fleshly things that people do. And then he said, those who are in Christ, those who are in Christ has crucified, crucified the flesh. That's how you know. The Bible says you know a tree by its fruit, not by what it says. You can say, Lord, Lord, all day long. But my Bible says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? You're going to say in the last days, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out devils in your name? Did we not do this in your name? He's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. You do work of iniquity, which lets me know that the people who said, didn't we do this and do that? Those were people that said that they were Christians. Because the world that don't know God is not prophesying and casting out devils. So he has to be talking about a people who are called by his name, who said that they are Christians. <laughs> you better read the word and ask God to give you the revelation and not the way. And you know, and just pray and ask God to, Lord, show me what the enemy is trying to hide from me. Give me eyes to see things the way you see them. See people the way you see them. Love people the way you love them. Because if you don't do it through me, Lord, it can't be done because I'm nothing without you. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. It's not by works, the Bible says, lest any man should boast. So it's not by good works. It's only by the blood of Jesus Christ. But God says, if the flesh has been crucified, then those passions and those filthy desires are put to rest. That is the good news. That is the word of the Lord. And I'm here today because this is a clarion call that God is saying, call the people back unto me, not back unto the church, not back unto the pastor, not back unto the ministry. He said back unto him without holiness. The Bible says no man will see the Lord. And that includes me that's given the word because the word comes to me first before I give it to you. I have to work out my own salvation with fear and trembling because the Bible says the road is narrow to heaven, but the gate is wide to destruction. That road is wide, but he said the road is narrow to heaven. He said, and very few find it. Jesus said this. He said, very few find it. That's huge. That means that everybody that say, Lord, Lord, ain't going in. Everybody who's sitting in a church ain't going in. Read about the seven churches in the book of Revelation. It's only two out of the seven churches that God actually was pleased with. Everybody think that they that those two churches. But I'm here to tell you there is a compromising and a lukewarm church. God is calling you back unto himself. He's calling you back. He's exposing people. He's exposing pastors and leaders and all of the things so that God can get the glory and bring people back unto him. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom, the way he do things. And all the things that you seek out there will be added unto you. God says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And those that lose their life for me will find it. He said, but those that try to hang on to the world and hang on to their life, he said, we'll lose it. That's another way he said, you're not getting in. In so many ways, he's saying this in the Bible. Pay attention to what you're reading. 
Don't be deceived. Ask God to remove the deception, remove the scales, the, the, the blinders that is blinding you from revelation, that is binding, blinding you to who Jesus really is. I'm not talking about that religious stuff. I'm not talking about going to church and saying the same prayer every Sunday and, and walking on the nurse's board, the motherboard and all that. I'm, that's, that's religious. I'm talking about a personal relationship with God that if you never step foot in the church, you still got Jesus. That you seek him in spite of a church. A church is great if they're following God. If they're following God. If it's religion and there's no power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not talking about running around shouting. Because you got people shouting and still cussing people out and still smoking weed. I'm not talking about that. Because if you're going to do that, you might as well stay home. That's a form of godliness the Bible talks about. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. What is the power thereof? The power to change your life. The power to change the way you think. The power to change the way you act. That's the power thereof. That's what it's all about. It's all about doing it his way. Not being a friend with the world and, friend, and trying to say, I got the hokey pokey thing going on. One foot in and one foot out. You take the one foot in and you shake it all about. We're not talking about the hokey pokey Christians. God wants you wholeheartedly submitted to unto him. No, you can't do it on your own. No, you can't love people on your own. No, you can't forgive people on your own. But he does need a yes. And when He give, you give him a yes, that grace is going to come and rest on you. And you're going to be like, you know what? I didn't realize I can actually not cuss. Because I had to do it. I had to say, Lord, I don't want to cuss. He had to have a yes. But if I continue to cuss, guess what? I'm going to still be cussing. If I still want to have sex outside of marriage, I'm going to still be having sex outside of marriage. But don't think you're getting in. Don't, think, don't let the devil trick you into going to hell. Do not let, be fooled. The Bible says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. If you sowing seeds of righteousness, you're going to reap righteousness and an eternal life. If you sowing seeds of destruction, you're going to reap destruction, baby. That's the way it works. Seed time and harvest. As long as the earth remains, the Bible says there will always be seed time and harvest. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Do not let the enemy fool you. Do not let the enemy trick you. If you don't know what church to go to, sit with God until he tell you. If he says nothing, you do nothing. This is an hour and a season and a clarion call that I'm calling on all of the people that has turned their back on God. Oh, maybe you don't even know God. I'm here today to tell you that today is the day of salvation. Your mama being saved doesn't mean you're saved. You going to church doesn't mean you saved. The, the Bible says you will know a tree by its fruit. You cannot grow grapes on a orange tree. If it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, then nine times out of 10, it's a duck. I don't care what leader saying it. I don't care what person quoting scriptures. If that lifestyle does not align, and I'm not talking about behavior modification because behavior modification will never take the place of God's true deliverance and healing. Behavior modification is going to get you through, through a, a, a temporary season. And then when the opportunity presents itself, you're going to go right back to what you're doing. I'm talking about casting devils out, casting drunkenness out, casting homosexuality out, casting uh, for, fornication out, casting out cussing. That's a cussing demon. I'm here to tell you, if you are doing these things, you got some help, baby. And it's not the help you think you got. It's not the help of the Holy Spirit. God... Spirit is holy. 
That means that Jesus is who he was. He was perfect. He was God in the flesh, fully human and fully God. That means that God is who he say he is. The Bible says heaven and earth should pass away, but my word stands forever. If it's written in this word, don't think that he's going to have mercy and say, oh, well, just let him in. No, it doesn't work like that. God will never go back on his word. The Bible says his word will never return void, but it will accomplish that which he has sent it to do. And that means he'll love you, but he'll love you and you will be eternally separated into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hell is a real place. And if I suggest you to go on YouTube and look at some of the hell stories and hell experiences and near death experiences that people have had. And I can assure you, it's not no joke. You can see the fear in their, you can hear the fear in their voice and in their eyes. And I'm not saying that every story on YouTube is legit, but ask the Holy Spirit to lead you if you don't believe it. God created you and created us for his personal pleasure. It was never designed for us to make it back out of this earth without that Bible and without doing things the way he wants us to do it. I had to come to that conclusion. It's not about, oh, it don't take all of that. God is grace, graceful. He's nice. He's this. That Bible is, that, that word is going to stand when heaven and earth is gone, the Bible says. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word stands. That means if God says this is what we need to do, this is how it needs to be done. Now, you have a choice. You don't have to do anything, baby. You don't have to do nothing. Because he gives you free choice. That's what that's what love does for people. It gives them a free choice. But don't think you're going to still make it. Because heaven is real and hell is real. There's no in between. There's no other God but Jesus. He's the only way. Receive him today, guys. He loves you with an everlasting love. He knows we can't do this on our own. He loves us so much. And he just wants us with him for eternity. The Bible says this uh, life is but for a moment. It's but for a moment. But heaven and eternity is forever. That means just imagine. Imagine the people that didn't make it. Imagine that thousands of years ago, the people that are still down there screaming and hollering and being tormented. The worst possible smells, the worst possible thing you could imagine. You will know the Bible. The, some people say when they die, they won't know what happened. Oh, you're going to know because when you're in the spiritual form, everything, your senses is heightened seven times over. This is why I said I heard that shrill sound in the spirit. It was loud. When you're in spirit form and you having a spiritual experience, it's seven, it, it, it's intensified. You're going to automatically know you forsaken God. You're going to automatically know you in hell. All these things that you're going to know just like that. You're going to know just like that. So receive him today. He loves you. He's waiting. He's he's with open arms. He died a brutal death so that he can receive you. It was a free gift. Receive it. You can do it. God is waiting. You can do it because you're not doing it on your own. He's living through you. That means the Bible says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. It's not a struggle to serve God. That doesn't mean you're not going to have opposition or the enemy's not going to come for you with all of the things that you have done when you was in the world. But the Bible says if you are in him, you are an overcomer and he's going to strengthen you. He's going to empower you and the angels of the Lord are going to cover you under their, the feathers of their wings. 
This is why it's so important to get into the word. The word without the, the religion, having God without the word is a breeding ground for deception and witchcraft. If you don't pick up that Bible, you're an open door for the enemy to come in and deceive. Because you have to know the word in order to know if it's God talking or if it's the devil talking or if it's just you. You have to have the word. You cannot have God without the word. You can't listen to the devil when he tells the white man wrote the book. Oh, they, this book is, it's a, you know, they got this going. That's a lie from the pit of hell to keep you in bondage and to keep you deceived. Receive him today, guys. He loves you with an everlasting love. And until the next time, I love you with the love of Christ. Hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. Lord, give them ears to hear. Give them a heart to receive you. Just get on your knees. Repent, repent, repent. God loves you. He doesn't want you to be eternally separated. And what is coming in this world, what is coming, you're going to have to be rooted and grounded in him. Because if you're not, you're going to be taken overtaken by fear or by what's coming that is the word of the lord and until the next time guys like comment share and subscribe i will see you in the next video bye loves